this game. We're not creative enough, and we're not positive enough. It's coming home, it's coming home, it's coming home. Good day, coming to you live. This is do an Australian accent to start now. I don't know why. Um, this is Ridge coming to you live from Chicago. Um, got week three of the World Cup um, upon us. Um, Chris, welcome back. Thanks. Good to be back. Just over here. Um, Australian accent is good eye. play. We got Mila Jednak. Down under. Banging in penalties, so not the worst time for it. Uh, but yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about match day two, recap that, a little bit of preview for the final group games here. Uh, Monday evening, so we got to see all of Group A and Group B finish mm -hmm. up their matches, but going to do a little bit of a uh, recap. A little bit of a look ahead, some major storylines here. Yeah, we've got um, kind of some some storylines after because we basically have one. Um, uh, you know, uh, every group has has every group has one game left. Well, not one game, two games left. But um, results and, and knockout stages will be decided by the end of the week. So really, really exciting to see how that's shaping up. We're gonna give you a couple games to watch and, and some major headlines as, as kind of the group stages come to a close and some teams' World Cup journeys fizzle out. Um, so I think we're just gonna we're gonna ju jump straight into what will be pro probably um, and unfortunately one of the biggest um, American soccer media headlines, which will be Messi and his his legacy. Is it affected by you know the the results here and how does Argentina shape up with the game to go yeah so I think it makes most sense to kind of take a step back and look at it obviously through two matches now Messi uh, missed a penalty in the first match didn't yep. score in the second here so um, Argentina drew Iceland 1-1 and then they just lost 3-0 to Croatia really ugly performance yeah. they kind of fell apart at the end they gave up a couple of uh, pretty lazy goals, so they're in a lot of trouble. Messi hasn't looked great, but he's also kind of been their only life as well. I mean, it's really been a goal from Sergio Aguero. Yeah, it's been a total collapse from Argentina overall, though. Uh, as a team, there's rumors about their manager having kind of like lost the dressing room, and there were rumors about him getting sacked after the last match. It yeah, seem like that's the case. Kind of a lot of talk on both sides there, but. I mean, honestly, taking a look at Messi in particular, it's kind of, if they can't get out of the group, yeah, I absolutely think it affects his legacy to some extent. This is kind of his prime, you know, he should be the star of this tournament, and they're not in the easiest group, but, you know, yeah, it's a, the best player of all time, yeah, yeah, that. Supposedly the best player, and this right, is, right, and right. there's a couple things that I think are drawn into into discussion with, with Messi and, and Argentina. I mean, first of all, I'm really not sure why everyone's so surprised by Argentina's lack of success so far in the tournament, um, mainly given to how poor their qualifying campaign was. Um, I mean, the only team that's had yeah, as poor a qualifying campaign was the host nation, Russia, who's automatically qualified, um, and, and Russia looked good for the first two games and kind of showed their um, humanity with uh, their their loss three 0 today to Uruguay. So, um, you know, I'm not that surprised by Argentina's struggles, as as you know, per the preview pod. They're one of my teams to, to struggle early. Um, now, I think there's a lot to it. I think that Messi is is, you know, people talk about stars being bigger than a team, and I do think Messi is bigger than 
than Argentina at this point when they're a big footballing nation, right? Like, um, I'm killed to have him on the team, but when, you know, when I watch them play, so much is given to him, and then you have all these amazing creative players around him. Um, you look at Marwa Cardi, who never gets a game, uh, didn't make the squad, right? You got Paulo Dybala, who barely gets a game, and Sergio Aguero, Di Maria, Inwayin, who doesn't start, like, all these amazing attacking personalities that don't get into the match, and then almost when they give the ball to Messi, even those guys kind of dwarf out to his greatness and, and kind of start to ball watch and, and not move as much, um, given how good he is. So I think it's tough. I think that he, Messi's kind of asked to do, you know, do you do the impossible, but also, um, you know, it's Argentina, so fuck them. And I, you know, I'm happy to see that, that them struggle. And I, and also, um, you know, I, I also think there's the, the discussion about Cristiano Ronaldo's success in the World Cup and given the different type of player he is, I think it does factor into people saying Messi's the greatest player of all time. How can he be when his team performs so poorly in the World Cup? Um, he misses a penalty when need to, and then you've got all these set-piece and header goals and things like that happening all over the pitch. And Messi's quite frankly, not a threat from St. set pieces unless he's taking it and he didn't score from the spot. So um, I've got a lot of, uh, you know. Well, I'm, Ronaldo also missed a penalty today. It did today. So. It did today. Um, team has qualified, though. So he, and, and obviously he has a Euro performance as well from the last Euros to back. Um, I mean, easier group, but they, they barely qualified. They almost uh, lost to Iran and would have been a mess. But, yeah. I don't know. I mean, back to Messi and Argentina realistically taking a look at their group can they still get out of it yes but they need a little bit of help so they play nigeria tomorrow um and they need to win that and that would put them one point ahead of nigeria but if iceland were able to find a way to beat croatia they'd be level on points so it come down a cold differential so if you're argentina you need to beat nigeria and hopefully by a couple of goals to give yourself mm-hmm. some security uh croatia's already through they've looked great so It'll be interesting. I mean, I, I kind of feel like they're going to find a way to get out still. I think, I think it's going to end up working out in their favor somehow, but... I see. I, I don't. I, I don't reckon. I reckon. Um, I reckon Iceland will play Croatia well, and I think Iceland could sneak out qualifying with um, with Croatia from that group. Because I don't. I don't I think, think Croatia will play their strongest team. That'll be interesting. That'll be a, a good matchup as well. But you look to the second place team from that group will eventually likely be playing France. So yeah. Well, that that also brings into the classic the classic sports question in tournament play when you know when you see a little bit into your future, right? And you see, uh, well, this this Iceland-Croatia matchup is a great example. Iceland plays Croatia. Croatia's already qualified for the next round, so we'll touch on the teams who have already advanced. But Iceland's playing Croatia, who's advanced already, and Nigeria play Argentina opposite. So, you know, it's obviously in Croatia and a lot of other strong teams' best interests to not see Argentina advance. So Croatia is playing a weaker Iceland side. If they field a weaker team um, and almost not concede the game, but if they, you know, don't play their strongest team. Rest Rakitic and Modric, who uh, Modric is for me has been player of the tournament so far. They rest those players, and you know all of a sudden Iceland looks likely to advance. Argentina not so, and um, you get into that classic debate of like, do you play your strongest team when you kind of think that you might affect the outcome for other people and yourself? So yeah, it's, it's something to think about, I guess. I mean, I, I'm not kind of that confident that Argentina is going to even beat Nigeria necessarily, but it is something to consider. Croatia essentially it doesn't really matter what happens in their game. They should still top that group regardless. Yeah. Five goals up on Nigeria and goal differential. Yep. So they should be coming out of that group on top, which is pretty impressive. 
um, one of the stronger groups, probably top to bottom. But yeah, and that gets into our other teams who have advanced already. So we we've got uh, per qualifying games today already. Um, group A and B are both locked up. So we've got Russia, Uruguay, Spain, Portugal, all out of those two groups. Um, Spain and Portugal really sneaking by. Um, Iran, Iran, just. I mean, pushing today for for a result and kind of I mean, you had a soft spot for him, which I didn't. I never really thought I'd say I had a soft spot for an Iranian team. Um, but yeah, exactly. Um, and then you've got uh, England and Belgium who've already qualified as well, um, locked up qualification. Come on, you England. Um, and then we've got France and Croatia as well, Croatia. Um, and then so obviously Group H, you've got four. You know, is is no teams are through yeah, already? Group F aren't through. Group E and D. Mexico really likely to get through, but not a sure thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Group H is a total mess. And then looking at the teams that have been eliminated here, we have uh, from Groups A and B, Egypt, who had a miserable tournament, uh, Saudi Arabia, Morocco, Iran, Peru, Costa Rica, Tunisia, Panama, Poland. So really out of those uh, teams that are already out, the only team I really expected more out of is Poland. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I expected Poland to have a better showing. I, I more out of Egypt, but I uh, yeah, I, I I did as well. So we we had them both going through. Yeah, it's been it's been. There's obviously the headlines with Mo Salah in regards to him. Recent reports came out. He, Mo Salah, for those who don't know, is, is Egypt's best player, um, Premier League top goal scorer from this past season. Plays for Liverpool, um, and he. He was considering retiring from international football this week. Reports came out. Apparently, he's um, feels like he's become like a political pawn for yeah, a lot of political drama in Egypt, and he's had a couple of run-ins in the past. Um, they almost didn't let him. They almost like didn't give him a work permit, basically, to leave Egypt when he moved to Chelsea in 2014. And there were like threats against his family and things. Um, Classic a lot of religious strife as well, and they're kind of like putting his face on. A lot of things I don't think he's really comfortable with. Right. And being like the face of that country and probably that region right now, he's mm. so popular. It's a lot of pressure. I mean, he's only 26, so. Looks like he's 35. Yeah. But, you know, if you, <coughs> I mean, for that good of a player, you'd think that he'd play at least two more World Cups for his country, assuming they would be able to qualify. So yeah. It's pretty dramatic. I don't think that he'll actually do that. We, I mean, this kind of stuff happens a lot. Like Messi retired for. For a hot minute, yeah, yeah. It also it also brings in the other death threats I've been throwing out. Uh, I don't know if you heard, but uh, Dermats for Sweden, who conceded the foul to Tony Kroos, and Tony Kroos went on to uh, score the winner, a late, late, late winner. There's gifts everywhere, gifts, gifs, who knows? But they're uh, they're everywhere for Tony Kroos's late winner, um, and. The, he apparently got death threats, and his kids got death threats via Twitter and like direct messages on Twitter. Just goes to show, like these kind of you know this kind of shit's happening in second game group stages uh, in Germany. the World Cup. That's the other thing too. It's always a little more drama with Germany. Uh, was, well, sorry, the Germans, not Germany. the Germans. Yeah, the Germans. No, not any other country. Just Germany is the Germans. But, yeah. Um, anyway, kind of going into who's advanced here, um, and this is like a little bit of recapping the first two weeks here. Out of those teams, who do you feel most strongly about at this point? You said I, I feel very, very strongly about the the Croat team, the Croatian team. Yeah. Um, as I touched on, I think for me, Modric has been the best player of the tournament so far. Single, it just absolutely outclassed the Argentinian midfield. I mean, they um, and two nil against Nigeria, three nil against Argentina. Yeah, they haven't conceded yet. Um, I also. Um, 
and probably the team that I feel best about is this English side. Um, I feel really, really strong with the way they're playing. I, I think... And that, that'll transition us nicely into our next touch point, which is the England-Belgium game that's happening on Thursday um, in the afternoon, whether you're Central or Eastern. Um, world runs on Central. Um, but England play Belgium. They both already qualified for the knockout stages. What, how do you kind of think they'll, they'll shape up and what do you, obviously touching on how they, how they got there so far? Yeah, well, I mean, they're level on goal differential right now. Yep. Uh, England put in a really good performance was it five nil at half against Panama? Get in, get in. So they went, they won six one. Uh, Panama scored their first ever goal in the World Cup. By the way, they were still celebrating a six one yeah. loss. We love to see that. We gave it to them. <laughs> anyway, so um, Belgium and England both look really strong. Um, England, you look at their scores. I mean, six one against Panama is impressive. They're not a very good side, but I'm just, I it's just only scored from set pieces and penalties. They basically have one goal from open play out of eight, and then a, yeah. another one that was a fluke deflection off Harry Kane's heel, which was just kind of a sign of like everything was going right for them. But hat trick Harry, what three penalties? They've scored three goals from corners, and Lingard had really their only goal from open play. No, Kane's got two penalties, a couple corner goals, two two headers in the Stone, first game. Stones has two as well. Stones has yeah. two headers. Yep. So two penalties and. Four set piece goals. I was wrong. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, the same way. You know, you flip it around and you look at like the, the you know, take I don't know, take Iceland for example. Iceland who pretty much only threatens from long balls and set pieces, and then you say, oh well, they're playing well. They're a tough side to beat. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, the England. No, of, of course, of course, of course. But they they talk. They come from different perspectives. So I think that you know, we if we've got eight goals through two games, set pieces, long throws, don't really care that how how you're banging them in. I I can't. England has never scored six goals in a World Cup game. They did so for the first time. Harry Kane became the second ever English player to, or third ever English player to score a hat trick in the World Cup. I'm flying on England. Um, thrilled to to see what they do on on Thursday. I do think that they're going to play um, a bit of a a weaker. I don't want to say weaker because I think the England team's really strong. Obviously, the only team in the in the tournament to have all Premier League all you know 23 year players from the Premier League. Um, and I do think that they'll play a decent team, but I don't think they'll play all starters necessarily i think that you'll see rashford start i think i you know i reckon you'll see um some different defenders start i i think they'll continue to play pickford and i expect kane to play as well being the captain but um, i do expect to see a healthy amount of rotation keeping us fresh rotation from england and belgium will be expected yeah uh, especially england they're playing on pretty short rest there um but you know the other side of it well i wanted to touch on belgium because actually i think I probably feel the most strongly about them out of any team so far. They look good. They've been really, really impressive, dominated both games. Lukaku has been great. Yeah, he has. Um, and then you add in guys like De Bruyne and Hazard, his creators. They're, if Lukaku yeah. keeps scoring, they're going to be very, very difficult. Yeah, next level class. Um, they've looked really, really good. But this matchup's really interesting because it's two of the probably top five teams, like, Undoubtedly, so far in the tournament, yeah, um, for sure. Better than that, but maybe also, even top three. You take a look, and there's a couple things to consider strategy-wise. So we were taking a look at this, and um, right now they're level on points and goal differential. Um, so if they were to draw, it would come down to fair play points, which mm-hmm. is cards awarded, which is kind of silly uh, for yeah. this group. But let's um, you know we're taking a look at who wins this match and where they would be playing come the knockout stages in the round of 16 the quarterfinal 
The round of 16 is kind of a crapshoot because we don't really know what's going to happen in group H yet. But taking a look at where group E and F stand, as things stand, it'd be pretty likely that the winner of group G would have to face either Brazil or Germany in the quarterfinals. So it's kind of looking ahead, but it's something that is really worthy of considering, actually. You'd much rather go up against um, like a, a Mexico or Serbia or Switzerland than Brazil or Germany. Of course, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts? Would you be thinking about that coming in? Would you play any differently? I, I think, you know, I think. I think you cannot get into the realm of oh we're going to intentionally play well or poor or throw games or play you know because then obviously I mean your team's gonna lose commitment and at the end of the game one one no matter how far you get in the tournament your team's not gonna have that commitment and togetherness and sportsmanship and mentality that that needs to be so tough to win a World Cup um, and I think if you establish you know kind of that. Um, uh, you know, I feel like if you concede to that too early on, you lose some buy-in from your players and things like that. But I, yeah, but, no, but I, I, I agree. I mean, I think my biggest thing is just a momentum thing. I mean, you, you yeah, and you win all three of your group games. Yeah, you're feeling good. Yeah, when you feel really, really good, and I'd rather keep the morale high with the, the squad and probably just roll with that momentum. And then you know what? I mean, if you have to play. Germany or Brazil in the quarterfinal, you're probably gonna have to play them anyway. So yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta beat somebody good to win the World Cup. I I, I do think that. You know, looking at it now, the more I look at it, the more I, I see that if England wins, they could play into, you know, a win could lead them to two games down the road playing the winner of Brazil, Germany makes me just think, shit, um, I don't really want to be Belgium very badly. Well, yeah, but, thing, as a you fan, know, as a supporter, you're probably like, well, you know what, no pressure on this one. No yeah. matter what happens, it's going to be okay. Yeah, I just you don't I, want them to look terrible though either. That's no, so. yeah. So I'm excited for the game on Thursday. Didn't take work off for this one, but I'm excited to see um, see how they line up. I, I'm, I'm just I'm so maybe high on England right now. Um, I think so too. And I would expect to see Rashford, maybe Trent Alexander Arnold, some of the younger players. Yeah. Um, I think Loftus Cheek will be out there again unless Deli Ali's fit, and maybe maybe they'll split some time. But. Yeah. And tune in for that Panama Tunisia match at the same time because that's probably gonna be, be the the, the least that's probably the least viewed game of the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> the um, Panama qualified above the United States just obligatory had to mention that well, the Panama like, team was so bad every other one of these uh, matches that we have left here in the group stages have some significance to them every single yeah. one except for Panama Tunisia which will just be abysmal yeah shame um, anyway so I, I think that'll be a really good one to watch um, a couple of things I wanted to talk about going back to the previous matches here match day two two performances that were very needed, very timely. One uh, was Germany-Sweden. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, I think everyone saw the Tony Cruz goal at this point, 95th minute. Um, they had Boateng get sent off in the 82nd, I believe. Mm. Looked like they were dead. I mean, they would have been done. And they scored twice, come back and win. And mm. then the other team that I feel like kind of woke up, had a wake-up call, and yeah. now looks really good as Colombia. Um, yeah. Watch them play Poland. I mean, Poland looked very rigid and yeah, rigid was the word. I mean, boring. They just had no creativity. Yeah. No urgency uh, anywhere. So they didn't look very good. But Colombia looked so dangerous. Uh, James Rodriguez was really impressive. A bunch of great passes. Yeah. Cuadrado was all over the place. Falcao finally had his first World Cup goal. Mm. All-time leading goal scorer for Colombia. Their captain finally had his first World Cup goal. So they're riding high right now. 
Um, and, you know, that's another team. If I'm England or Belgium, I really don't want to play either. It would be Colombia. I fancy my chances against Japan or Senegal first. But. Yeah, I, I mean, that, that Colombia team you watched them play, they got, they got some good players. They got Yuri Mina and Davinson Sanchez, who's their center back pairing. Who, who that, That's a Spurs center back and a Barcelona center back. Ospina in goal, Arsenal keeper. Um, and then you've got... Um, you've got Quadrado on the wing who's a classy player always shows up in international competitions plays well with the flair of that team and Hamas Rodriguez in the middle Falcao up top um, Carlos Sanchez should be back. La, La, La Roca, El Roque, yeah, whatever concedes a penalty in the first one. I mean, that that's a team that that's a team that I I wouldn't want to play. Obviously, the Colombian fans get very into it. If momentum gets going the right way for them, it's diff, they're difficult to stop. Um, but I mean, looking at the, the there's a lot of late late goals and late winners that we've seen so far in the tournament. I mean, more goals scored after the 90th minute. You look at um, today, a late late Iranian goal. You had um, you had uh, Switzerland pull off a late winner. Shakiri sprinting down the line to, to beat Serbia two uh, one, which was nuts. Um, I thought obviously what we mentioned. Yeah, I thought Serbia had buckets of chances with uh, Mitrovic to, to win that one. Um, Germany's a popular late late goal. Um, Colombia scored some late goals Brazil against Poland. Late as well. Uh, the Senegal Japan went late back and forth. Brazil got two goals after the eighty eighth minute. Coutinho yeah. and Neymar. Um, so so yeah, many goals, so, so many goals late. So if I'm a viewer. Um, you know, pro tip for watching the rest of these games, the rest of these group stages. You're gonna want to watch, obviously, all of the knockout games. But like, you can like afford. Yeah, yeah, you can, yeah, yeah. Except there's no timeouts. It doesn't last. You know, 20 minutes instead of two minutes. Um, but uh, speaking of timeouts, um, VAR injury time is what now VAR time at the end of half. So typically, halves obviously have for those soccer football fans out there halves have injury time at the end which is like extra time additional time obviously very elementary thing um now we've seen that be record at record lengths really really long consistently five minutes six minutes added on to the end of the games which might be a little bit of a credit to is that like a, a kind of a side effect of the var perhaps probably like is. all these late yeah. goals it's, it's interesting i mean we're talking about this right now we'll probably forget about it if you think back um when i think at the last world cup when they had wasn't it like they had the thirty-minute breaks because the heat? No, that'll be in Qatar. That'll be in the next World Cup. Well, I think they had it. They had one previous tournament. Uh, anyway, but there's always things like this that are like a little bit different when you have a different event. But, yeah. I mean, VAR on its own is just a travesty at this point. I know we were talking about it last week, and I was a little bit more on the fence, but just it seems like every game there's a penalty that gets called back or they give from VAR, and it's just it breaks up the game and. It just kind of takes away from the play on the field. I don't know. It, well, now what's happening it's really too? My viewing experience to some extent, and I feel like it's just. I, I keep getting worried. I mentioned this last week too, but if we get to a semifinal game or a final game and there's a VAR decision in the 88th minute, yeah, talk about death. Talk about death threats. It's crazy. These are so so soft too. And yeah, I do I, love the foxes still showing that crew every um, every you know every. Like beginning of every game, they show the VAR crew up in the studio, and they they have them up there sitting in front of their screens. I would, but I would wear a mask have you have you crew, seen uh, when they show, when Fox shows the camera, they show these guys and they're sitting so rigid, their desks like like the their their palms on their desks, like sitting so you know back straight. So I imagine like they they're all like fucking around in the studio, like having a beer and like chilling, like just chatting, and then and then they get like a someone give you know says hey guys, like they're cutting to you in like thirty seconds. They all like scramble to sit down, and then like just act super rigid for like 15 seconds and the camera cuts to them then they cut out and then they all just yeah, go I back to fucking around I feel like there's robots in there and I don't want someone that's just gonna be like that that robotic type guy calling I'd rather just throw it to like the guys that are 
crushing a few pints in the pub. <laughs> Honestly, those guys know what a penalty is or isn't, right? You're right. They could all come to a decision, but I think it's just it is that arbitrary almost. Well, like, what's happening no now? Set rule for a penalty, and so you can't just keep going back to the booth over and over again. And there's no consistency with it, and right. it's just, we've already seen way more penalties in this World Cup than we did the entire last one, and we're halfway through it. It's just insane. I can't believe yeah. it. Dr. Joe Matnick is, Joe, is coming in all the time for... Um, for Fox, That's, I can't, I can't, we can't go back down that road. But, um, but I, one interesting thing too now is when players raise their hands or or appeal for a penalty. Now they're not just appealing for the penalty. After the referee doesn't give the penalty, then they like look to the side and then start to do this like square oh, box. box motion, looking for, yeah, looking for a, a VAR replay. So then now there's you know people. One thing. I hear a lot from the American fan base who aren't big football fans. I don't like the diving. I don't like the flopping. I don't like the acting and the and and kind of the embellishment of, of things. You now you're you're introducing something that not only allows for, you know, allows for a, an appeal, which is the call itself, but also you can appeal the nature of of the replay now as well. Because like, what justifies? People don't even know what justifies a VAR replay or not, or like what is worth it or what isn't, and like when that guy's someone buzzes him in the ear and says he need to go back to the camera. So um, that's going to continue to be to be a talking point. Um, but let's pivot back to uh, so important deciding matches that are left here in the group stage. Um, we've got some key ones that are going to decide kind of who yeah, who who stays and goes. Three days, Tuesday through Thursday. Yeah. So a lot of action-packed matches. Here. Yeah. We didn't actually include England and Belgium just because because it doesn't have any effect on the outcome. Right. You want to see it, but you don't need to. Yeah. So we have um, some of them. The, the big ones here: Croatia, Iceland is huge. As is Argentina. Yeah, you're gonna want to see how Group D plays out. Time, and both those matches are are massive and. With Argentina being one of the biggest storylines here, it all decides what's going to happen mm-hmm. to them. Iceland can go through Nigeria. There's three different teams there. Um, so those are both huge, and those are going to be uh, tomorrow, so Tuesday at 1 o'clock Central. Mm-hmm. And then Brazil, Serbia I included because that's a winner goes through match. Um, yeah, it's true. If Serbia beats Brazil, they're through. If Brazil wins, they're through. Uh, Switzerland are hoping Switzerland for a result. Played. Well, they should get a result against Costa Rica. Right. And they, they do still have Xhaka, Lichtensteiner, and Shakiri. So they're captain and probably two star players, biggest name players, Shakiri and, and Xhaka, um, playing next week. For, so for those who, who weren't aware, um, a couple of the Swiss players, Jordan uh, Shakiri and Granit Xhaka, after they scored, um, Shakiri had a late winner, and Xhaka had a deflected. A deflected screamer from from a, a bit of a ways out um, did a uh, celebrated with like a an eagle with their hands, kind of like the old Nicholas Nelka celebration um, to symbolize a Kosovian. It's like a Kosovian nationalist symbol. Um, so they're of Kosovian, Kosovan, Kosovian descent, uh, Kosovo, um, and uh, are now Swiss. So play for the Swiss team, and now they were they scored those goals. Both of those who Jaka and Shakiri scored those goals against Serbia. Serbia, um, who is the country which Kosovo left to gain its independence. So Serbia actually still officially doesn't recognize Kosovo um, as its own country, um, whereas Kosovo and all the other countries do recognize its own independence and that Kosovo is a real place. Um, so anyway, long kind of confusing tale, but some, again, more international politics that are drawn in, um, which is something, again, you just don't get in like domestic leagues and championships. Like you think about like Super Bowl and stuff, you don't get like political ties and people, you know, um, kind of almost like a bigger 
the international nationalistic relations comes into play. But uh, anyway, Sw- Swiss players uh, Jaka Lichtenstein and Shakiri are, are back in um, and will be playing despite doing symbolic protests in in the last round. Which I mean, obviously you want to see those guys in the game; they're good players. Right. Um, so yeah, that's an interesting thing, and um, so that group will be shaping up on uh, <laughs> Wednesday here. And I, I think that for people that might not know much about the Serbian squad. I think they're definitely capable of yeah, they're good. Brazil. So that's pretty interesting. Um, obviously, they're not the favorites, but could see it mm-hmm. happening. Uh, and then the other games that we have going on on Wednesday are in Group F. So that Mexico-Sweden match is huge. Yeah. Despite Mexico's great play, they're not technically through yet. Um, so if they lose to Sweden and Germany wins, then it's going to come down to goal differential. We'd have three teams with six points there. So that one's really big. The um, Mexico-Sweden match, and then Germany really has to win against South Korea to feel okay about their chances. Mm-hmm. Really bank on Mexico beating Sweden. No, of course not. So those will be big. And then coming um, just after that, we have obviously the Group Eight match. Group H matches, excuse me. The big one there would be Senegal, Colombia. Yeah, that group's all. That group's. You got three teams who can qualify. Poland's out, but everyone else is right yeah, there. So we got three left, and none of them are through yet. Um, so that's a little bit different from um, like looking at the other groups where we might have someone already advanced. So no one's through. Senegal, Colombia as a winner gets advanced there, and then if Japan can beat Poland. They're through, but you know, Poland's been a disappointing team. They're definitely capable of getting a result there so yeah I, I think yeah i think i think the key is here like for for these last couple of games for the you know uh for the argentina nigeria game brazil serbia um colombia senegal like some of these games you're gonna want you're gonna those are essentially knockout stage groups in the group stage um so those are games like as a neutral that i'm gonna make a definite definite you know uh definite effort to to find and watch and record and watch full replays of so okay. mu- kind of must must watch us here over the next couple of days and then, so those will wrap up on thursday and we're gonna have a, an off day on friday and then the mm-hmm. knockout stage will start on saturday so we'll probably be previewing the knockout stage on friday most likely yeah uh, the last thing i wanted to touch on here was just a quick update on the golden boot race mm-hmm. uh, i know we picked that before in our preview pod, I picked Antoine Griezmann. He's got one goal through the first two matches, so not really looking great. Great pick at this point. You picked Harry Kane. Get in. Who has five goals through? Two it's matches. coming home. It's um, coming home. It's coming. Football's coming home. Two from corners, two penalties, and then one that he. Didn't he look, kind of looks like Gosling. He kind of looks like Gosling. He's a good-looking guy. The more I watch really him. Ugly Ryan Gosling. He's well, a good. Not really ugly, but compared to Ryan Gosling. He's just, he's a leader. If there's a movie about Harry Kane, Ryan Gosling could play him. I'll give you that. Well, there you go. I let my, if I had a daughter, um, I would let her date Harry Kane. Well, anyway, so that pick's looking really good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then we have Ronaldo's played an extra game at this point, but he's got four. Lukaku has four. Yeah, Lukaku's quietly got four goals. And then Dennis Kirchev from Russia has three, and Diego Costa from Spain has three. So Mm. all those teams are advancing, too. So actually, all of them already have advanced. So we'll see more goals probably from all those guys. Yeah, and and those are players who have just been classed so far in in the World Cup. I mean, um, obviously Kane, captain. 
hat trick. Um, Ronaldo single-handedly kind of pulled Portugal through that first game. Um, Costa's bagging goals for Spain, um, whether whether he intends to or not. He's got a couple. He's got that deflection goal that he had against um, against Iran uh, for a winner, um, and then Chirichev for for the home country is, is scoring. So yeah. some like those are all big names, right? Those are all big players, big names who who are getting a lot of goals. And then the other guys so. too, you're going to see like Coutinho has two now. Neymar yep. just got his first. So some of those guys could still sneak in. Um, it'll be interesting, but obviously these guys are out to the lead with that. But mm-hmm. um, well, we'll have to see what happens. So, anything else on your mind that you want to talk about here heading in the next three days? No, I think uh, I think again, again, when it's the knockout stage pans out, I think you've you've got some interesting headlines. You got everything from Messi's legacy to how some of these stars are are, are playing. Um, you've got uh, in, you've seen some, a rise in like international political concerns and discussions that have come up over the past week. Um, but then also you have the classic sporting, you know, sporting one one questions of you know what kind of lineups do I play and you're going to see some head coaches faced with some some different decisions and if you see some some head coaches like you know say if you see Southgate play a healthy lineup for England and you know Harry Kane God forbid gets hurt or something like that um, there's going to be a lot of scrutiny on those kind of decisions here over the over the um, you know over the next couple of weeks and and ultimately defining how far some of these teams go so um, you know look for those sporting decisions to come out and also like things are starting the intensity you can just feel is starting to get turned up a bit everyone's got their first and second games underway um, a couple groups are decided some people have already qualified and, and some people are heading home for sure um, it's been to I mean not to wrap up the group stage because we've still got fixtures left but to this still we don't have a scoreless draw we still don't have wow. a nil-nil game the, yeah you look the most the most boring group I would say is group C the France Australia group where France has just kind of like middle weighted their game through their way through every game um, yeah, but but the, the the rest of the groups. I mean, you've got like Belgium, England, and Belgium and England have each scored the eight goals in two games. Group games are going to be insane. Group E, F, G, H, all for grabs. Uh, D, E, F, G, H. So the only groups that were a little bit um, much entertaining were probably A and C, but. Really excited for it. So we'll probably be releasing something on Friday, I imagine Thursday yeah. or Friday after. Um, the group stages wrap up just to preview all the knockout games. Yeah, and things get really serious at that point. You'll basically have um, every, let's see, what is it? Every other, every so day up to the 4th of July. Um, oh, yeah. Up to the 4th of July. So right up till that Wednesday, which 4th of July, I hope we all have off. And then after that, we'll start to really get towards, um, we'll get towards the quarterfinals and semis um, towards the middle of July. But um for and what we'll probably what we'll do then come the end of this week is we'll we'll get it we'll give you guys an update on so what the knockout group looks like so that'll be like March Madness bracket style and kind of give you like a prediction and walk through um, assuming and we'll recap obviously how our uh, how our group picks went down but I'm feeling pretty good about my, my Croatia pick so far so yeah I mean just I, so you know we'll, we'll see what happens here but, uh, <laughs> anyway we'll be back thanks for listening all right see you next time just goes to show cheers Everybody's